Jeez, Curtis, have you been running from zombies or something? I haven't heard panning like that since a beautiful weekend I spent with a shop teacher back in 1998. No, I ate a donut. And boy, are my arms tired. You know, if you were a little more active, you wouldn't be such a wobbling snack for the undead. I am not a snack for the undead. No, no, you're not. You are a smorgasbord. (laughs) You'll never survive the zombie apocalypse, Curtis. Dustin, there is not anything resembling a zombie apocalypse. You don't know, Tim. All right, all right, all right. Oh, Tim, Dustin is right. We could all use a tone up. Maybe some training in throwing knives hard enough to penetrate a brain pan. That is impossible, Curtis. You don't know! Okay, fine, yes, okay. (laughs) No, Dustin, Curtis is right. I think we would all be in a lot of trouble if we were being chased very quickly by the running dead or ambled after super slowly, like on The Walking Dead. But exercise is so boring and expensive. There's got to be a better way. Well... As it happens. Do tell us more about this amazing opportunity you're about to tell us about, Tim. Yes, Tim. Don't make us torture you for this information in an abandoned building. I have just the building in mind. Look, all you have to do is go to OutbreakChallenge.com and look at the stuff they have there. OutbreakChallenge.com? Tell us more about this Outbreak Challenge. Is it a cellular phone application? Of course, it's a cellular phone application. God, you're good looking when you ask stupid questions. It pairs with all your devices, even the ones that you wear on your wrist to make everyone think you pay attention to your health. So you you stab things in the temple and you get abs. I see what you mean, Dustin. (laughs) So you're saying all I have to do is go to OutbreakChallenge.com to find out more information on how I can finally make my exercise program, which I don't currently have, less of a tedious and futile purposeless activity to even consider starting. That's right. You can go to OutbreakChallenge.com, put in our code ZOMBIERUN, that's Zombie run put together as one word and save 15% off your race. There's a whole bunch of different races with various goals, and when you complete one, you get an actual medal. A, a fucking medal? That's right. You know what I'm gonna do, Dustin? What's that, Curtis? Finish your donut? <laughs> yep. Then I'm going to outbreakchallenge.com and get my zombie fuck on. Get that zombie fuck, Curtis. Do it, you jerks. Dumb jerks with stupid and dumb jerks. You know, Dustin, I'm I'm not sure that's the best marketing approach. You quiet, you Tim! Go to outbreakchallenge.com and enter in code zombie run and save 15% off your race. Outbreakchallenge.com, code zombie run, and save 15% off. Fear the zombie uprising. Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. 
So, we're doing a weirdie, folks. We're <laughs> Hi, folks. Welcome to Zompocalypse Now. I am Timothy Harvey, and uh, Curtis is off getting Skittles water, and Dustin is sitting here looking at me through the computer. We Hi. Have, on our last episode, we did a two... We watched two episodes. We watched an episode of Fear of the Walking Dead and an episode of World Beyond. And this episode, we're going to, we could, are potentially going to watch two episodes. We haven't really decided yet, but they're both going to be Fear of the Walking Dead if, the, if we do. Because I have peeked ahead and I have looked further down the line of World Beyond. He cheated. I cheated. He, he, he we were, watched ahead. I did. Um, because we don't like this show. We have issues yeah. with this show. We didn't like last season. We, and this is a limited a limited run show. It's only two seasons long. And here's the thing, uh, as a writer and as a filmmaker, and if you're a writer, if you're, how, if, you're, if you're versed in how storytelling is told, and of course, Dustin's very, very knowledgeable about this. If you're going to have a limited series, you need to either be setting some, something else up, right? Because it's, it's we've got a shared universe here, right? We've got multiple Walking Dead shows. That's right. And so you either got to set something up or you have to tell a self-contained story. And from what I can tell so far, Walking Dead World Beyond is not doing either of these. Or if it is, it's not doing them well. Not in a way that you would be able to notice. Well, not in a way that that is going to be satisfying. There are only so many hours in our days, right? Dustin's got a job and he's got kids. Curtis Three of has- them. Curtis has things to do. I have things to do. There are only so many hours. And as much as we do have a certain amount of joy in the hate watch aspect of things, that's how this this show started was Dustin and I looking at the Walking Dead TV show and writing reviews going, this is all wrong. What are they doing? And there's only so much you can do. And we have so many different Walking Dead shows at this point that overlap in terms of time. So I peeked ahead, I looked at it, and I went, this is going to make me much more unhappy than I want to be with my life. It's going gonna, it's gonna to annoy me as a creator. It's going to make me, I mean, we, like I said, we can come back to this at some point and, and talk about more because I'm going to keep peeking ahead, but I'm not going to put Dustin and Curtis through it. Well, I might, I might speed watch it, you know, like at one and a half time speed or something. And then we can talk about it, but I'm not going to, I'm not even going to bother trying to get emotionally invested in it because it just pisses me off. Well, and, and spoiler alert for something that we probably will not watch in any depth. The villain's plan is so stupidly illogical that I actually got angry considering what their plan was. And I'm a comic book reader, guys. I, is it, is it, it, is it- Thanos, let's kill half sentient life in the universe, stupid? Uh, for all intents and purposes, yes. And it was a stupid argument when Thanos did it. It's an ex- even stupider argument when plain old ordinary humans do it. Yeah. And there, I mean, I... Those of you who don't kind of know the format that we do, we watch the show together and then we talk about it right after. Mm-hmm. Right. But so- today we're discussing whether or not we're going to watch the show before we actually watch or why we're not going to be watching it anymore i'm very unclear on what we're doing tim's letting us off the hook is what's happening i'm essentially letting you i mean you you guys you know convince you know convince me if you want to keep doing world beyond i'm just saying you know you could i guess you could talk me into it but my my current vote as the guy who actually you know sets up the calls 
Uh, <laughs> as as the producer of the show. Is, is I don't I don't honestly think we should spend our time watching World Beyond. You want to try to get more caught up with regular Walking Dead then? I think I think we we've got enough Walking Dead shows that it's going to be okay if we sit there and go this one isn't working for us. The only thing only thing I have is that I will no longer be able to do my Pinky Tuscadero impression. Hey! Well, like hey, I said, I'm, you in know, the, I'm in the moral quadri over here. Well, here, my about, brother the villain over here. Uh, well, tentatively, let's, let's put it this way. We could jump ahead to the final two episodes. I'm not sure we'd have missed anything. And all the stuff, all the important stuff has to happen in the last couple episodes of the, of the series, right? We've only seen the first one of this particular series. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm willing to to be confused for the five seconds it'll take me to catch up. <laughs> yeah. Catch yeah, me too. Because it's it's. Yeah, I man. like that idea. I like that idea. Yeah, I do too yeah. a lot. Well, we will we will come back to this idea. So so just just so you know, gentle listener, last episode, like I said, we did two episodes. And it was Fear the Walking Dead and World Beyond. And that is not going to be tonight's uh, format. So, gentlemen, do we want to try and watch two of Fear the Walking Dead or do we just want to focus on one? We just came off a holiday. It's your call. How many are we behind as far as getting caught up? Oh, to- a bazillion. Okay. Well, let's, let's just do one for funsies. For, for you folks, it'll be like seconds. But for us, it'll be uh, 20 million years uh, as we watch the next episode of Fear the Walking Dead. One episode of Fear the Walking Dead later. Oh, it's recording again. I'll tell you um, what, fellas. I used to think that PJ Harvey was the most the most perfect being known to humandom. What is PJ Harvey? Uh, she was a, an alternative artist in the 90s. Mm-hmm. She did a song, I think, called Down by the Water. It was really hypnotic, thrusting kind of tune and and I saw that the first time I was like, she's beautiful. And uh, I remember feeling that way about The Walking Dead. It, it was just, I was enamored with it. Well, like my attitude about PJ Harvey, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand radiation. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't really do understand radiation. Everything that I know about radiation says is it pretty much passes through anything that's not super dense like lead will protect you from radiation and they're sitting in a goddamn pinto with a with the doors duct taped shut and they well and saying things like the air in here is as clean as inside the submarine and then they open the door horse potatoes that's not how that's not how air works um god and you know I love my friends who have kids, but how the shit do you listen to that all goddamn day? Um, well, they went too far. They really did. They could have. They could have made that point without actually annoying the audience with it. The baby, crying. the baby was fussy. There's a lot going on in this episode that just. <sighs> Hello again, folks. This is. It's Apocalypse Now. I am Timothy Harvey. And I remain Dustin. I am Curtis. And we are currently discussing the seventh season episode from Fear the Walking Dead. It is called Six Hours. It's how long it lasted. 
so there's a couple of different kinds of post-apocalyptic story, right? There's the after the, all, all of them have to do with some sort of, you know, clearly apocalyptic event and dealing with the world that arises because of the event. Some sort of cataclysm, a and this population, show, population ending event. Right. And of course, obviously, the Walking Dead universe, that event was the rise of the undead, the zombie apocalypse. Some point, the writers of this show decided that the zombie apocalypse just wasn't enough. And they needed to go to the other, well, another kind of apocalypse, which is the post-apocalyptic nuclear fallout wasteland and they thought that if they just plopped that on top of the zombie apocalypse let's just film everything in sepia colors and that'll be different they thought that they would have a show that would give a whole new spin i guess they were Uh, wrong there are directors out there who really know how to crank up the tension in a dramatic storytelling scenario you know um Oh, that dude who directed Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson. Sure. If you watch movies like The Frighteners and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, some of his early stuff like that, that wasn't six parts and, and 17 million hours long, he, he, he could really build tension up. Right. And these guys didn't study any of that. I don't know what the hell they're trying to do. Because what, what's next? Is Victor Strand going to set off a herpes snow machine or something? Hang on. A herpes snow machine. Yeah, on top of the tower. It'll just be sitting there snow machining out herpes all across the land, letting the wind carry the herpes where it may. So now, not only do you got to wear a bunch of a gas mask, which perfectly protects you from radiation for six hours, apparently. Gas, no, hang on. They were also wearing ponchos. Oh, yeah, yeah, a plastic poncho. That's super helpful. I don't uh-huh. get it. I don't get radiation, apparently. I, everything I knew was wrong. I'm As far as I'm aware, once you've been exposed to radiation, after six hours, if you go back, if you go someplace where the radiation isn't, You've still been exposed to radiation for six hours. Yeah, you're sprinkling everyone else with Isn't, your radioactive. No, no. After you go for six hours, you go back to the safe spot and your health bar slowly creeps back up <laughs> until you can go back out for six hours. I can't go out until my mana is refilled. Yeah, there's there's some video game logic going on here in a lot of ways. Um, so we still have the inherent problem, and they even try to address it a little bit in this episode. Not well, but they try. That none of the characters on this show should be here anymore. Right. They should either be dead because all this radiation. They should have left because you don't stay where all the radiation and nuclear fallout is. You pick a direction and you drive. If you die, well, guess what? You would have died anyway. All of these characters are dead. They're all dead. They've been dead for at least a couple of months. We are watching the psychic echoes or something because all of these characters are corpses just off screen. They're all dead. They're all dead. (laughs) How is this show even happening? We start with the, the ghost of Morgan and Grace and that damn baby and they're living in the submarine, uh, but uh, it sucks in there because they ran out of they they didn't bring any any Ovaltine for the baby, 
And so, so she's real hungry. And we're a, an indeterminate amount of time out from the the ser- season finale last last season. time. Yeah, last season. Can't be more than like a month or two. Well, I, you know, because yeah, it never establishes like they just found that damn baby. It didn't say how much shit they had with them when they found that baby, but I doubt it was a lot. And so now they're just like stuck with a hungry baby. And, it has to uh, have been a while because the baby starts crawling. And then mm-hmm. we also have our we have, spoiler alert for the end of the episode. The villains from Morgan's or from Strand's Dreamland uh, show up, and that's clearly been an established thing. So uh, time has passed, right? So uh, Grace is out looking for formula, and she runs afoul of a couple who are like also looking for formula, and they're like all irradiated and gross. And she hides under a shelf, and uh, but didn't get any formula. And then Morgan's like, I'm going to use my reset and go and get some formula. And I'll be back in six hours, because that's how long the game says that we can be out in the radiation. And so she, he leaves uh, Grace with the baby, and the baby is not having it. That child does not like it. Sometimes I watch shows like this and I wonder, like, what did they do to that baby to make her cry? Did they just wait until she was irritated and then, like, go and take her from mom so she'd be even more irritated? Or do they, like, poke it? They pinch the baby when you're not looking. It's a little worrisome. It is a little worrisome to me. Like, I want to Google it. How keep baby crying on movie set? I didn't actually Google it. Well, that, that's good. <laughs> I'm looking up. I'm looking up uh, uh, long-term exposure to radiation. (laughs) Curtis. So it's just, you know, it's Grace is not having a good time. She was super excited about the suicide pact. And now that that's not happening anymore, she is not really in this whole, like, I'm going to live in a zombie apocalypse, irradiated wasteland. We were supposed to kill each other. (laughs) <laughs> so she's super not happy when Morgan comes in and he's like, hey, hey, Grace, I wasn't actually working on looking for food. I've been building a supercar so we could escape. I've been I've been running many quests to get the the items that I need to create the supercar that runs on not logic at all so that we can escape from the radiated wasteland. And Grace is like, this is never going to work. And Morgan's like, I put the baby in a poncho. She's five for six hours. Uh, I've leveled up to the point where I can bring companions with me. And so Morgan and Grace and the baby and the dog all get in the car and they start driving and everything's going great until Grace hears a song that I cannot remember ever being established as a song that she hates and has a freak out and crashes the car. I'm pretty sure that the reference here, because we get a little flashback thing later, is in reference to her, the dream state she was in when she lost her baby, her irradiated baby. It's dumb as fuck. It's dumb as fuck. And it's so incredibly like, okay, we've got to create a conflict right now for what's going to happen next. Like, you know, let's not, let's not try and, you know, have a logical, like, it's like we had to get them out of the car. We have to get them back with this crazy irradiated couple. How are we going to do that? Oh, let's just have Grace have a freak out over a random song on the on the car stereo. Well, don't you think that people might find that irritating? 
Nah, it'll be fine. It's kind of interesting how much all of these characters are just like, everything's like either or. Nobody in shows like this can do more than one thing at a time. Morgan has to, A, work on this car all by himself without discussing it with Grace in any way, shape, or form. Or he could say, we need to get out of this irradiated hellhole. I'm going to, A, go look for stuff, but also work on this car thing because we should leave. And Grace, who is having a freak out because she wants to die, could also potentially go, yes, perhaps we should leave the irradiated hellhole. If people don't talk to each other, they can only do one thing. They can only ever do one thing and not like more than one thing. I just, uh, the writing on this show, it hurts my head. Yeah, while I was supposed to be out looking for formula, I made this Mad Max car instead. <laughs> yes! Uh-huh. Why did you do it, Morgan? A uh, lot. Plot told me I needed to do it. I was, I was, I lost my stick, so I built a car. So the reason they're out looking for formula is because there's they're running out of food on the sub. The end of the episode reveals the sub is just packed with food because they, while trapped in this place for let's say a couple months at this point completely failed to notice that the carpet in the and the galley yeah opens up and there's like like a whole nother storage unit underneath they'd have read the goddamn operator's manual like you're supposed to they'd have known that if you nobody knows how to read curtis Mm -hmm. if you're trapped in a space and it's the only place you're in you're going to pick at things and poke at things and go, huh, wonder what's underneath the carpet. Oh, look, it's a thing. Oh, look, it's not. Oh, it's all the food. Mm-hmm. Because when this happens, it's like a miracle moment, right? It's like, yes. huzzah, we are saved. <laughs> Hurts my head. But at the same time, the episode does a couple of interesting things. So keep talking, Dustin. Tell us what um, happens next. So they have to fix a tire now because because Grace has wrecked the car. And so in this mini game, you have to uh, fight your yeah it, 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 no it's you know you have to fight your way across the irradiated hellscape while having a heart to heart conversation <laughs> with your with your girlfriend about the fact that she wants to commit radiation suicide, which of course brings the uh, attention of our irradiated couple who believe that baby Mo is actually their baby, Suke. (laughs) So they try and steal her, but that luggage. That's not Suke. Baby is luggage. It's a much better name. Um, Luggage? You want to name the baby luggage? (laughs) Okay. So they think that that Mo is luggage. So uh, they're going to take Mo and the car and so they have to, they go to this like auto body shop and start like getting it all put together. Like the, the, the tire has to be replaced. And, and, uh, and also there's like goopy zombies now and they splatter when you cook them. So, well, there's, uh, just, there's this radiation thing going on, you know? Yeah. So they get the car fixed uh, and just, and they kind of, like they get the drop on the people, but then the people get 
in the car and drive away. And so Morgan shoots out another tire and also the back window. Where's baby Mo, Morgan? Oh, is she in the back window? Did you put that baby in the trunk? Yes, you did. And then you shot a shotgun at her. And so now he has to change another tire and also have more conversation with these crazy irradiated people who have, they apparently was a whole community of people living there before the bomb went on. And they you know, are the last survivors of this community. So their baby, uh, they're very sad. Everyone's sad about, about uh, luggage. And, and then I feel like something else happens before the people in the truck show up, but I, I can't, Remember, I feel like I'm missing something, but I can't oh, remember. Oh, exactly. um, no, that was after the people in the truck when she sh- shoots Duder. Yeah. Well, they all decide to go together. Like, I don't know why they decide, you know, that this is going to be better because, you know. But Morgan is such a, he's so well, milk toasty these days. So they, they make it, and this is one of the things I thought was interesting. They set these, they set these two up as antagonists, right? And they set them up as crazy antagonists. And then the show takes a minute to actually try and give you some development of these characters because they're changing the tire. There's time to thing, and then they're trapped inside. And so they actually talk to them and they're still crazy, but they're not completely crazy. They understand that they're dying. They want to try and get away because, well, clearly they're smarter than, than Morgan and Grace because they're like, we should leave this irradiated hellhole. And, and they've been trying. They've been driving in different directions and marking it on a map to try and find a safe place to go. Right. And they, and, and they keep talking about Padre. And if you are from Texas. Yeah, everybody knows where that shit is. You, yeah, South Padre Island is what they're talking about. Yeah. It's literally the place on the map that they think they need to go towards. Where this shit is North Padre. I mean, point that out on a map. Uh, North North Padre is above South Padre Island. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't take any any uh, non-irradiated rocket geniuses to work that one out. And as we have already discussed on our last episode, uh, it is very likely that Morgan is somewhere near Galveston, which would make sense about uh, about how they're not getting uh, radiated, like the, the wind is not, because that's on the coast, and there's almost a constant easterly off of the ocean breeze that pushes in from the ocean. How far from, from Galveston, let's say the Galveston area, is South Padre? Let's just find out. Shall we? And there's a reason I asked that, not only because the show doesn't know anything about distances, uh, because I looked up the distances of Texas, just because, you know, it's an irradiated wasteland now. And it turns out that if you were to drive at normal highway speeds, it would take you about 13 hours to go from the southern end of Texas to the northern end of Texas. It would take you about 11 hours to go from east to west. It's about 700, almost 800 miles east to west and about as much north to south. I mean, obviously, it depends on where you are, right? We're looking at long distance. Um, according to the Googles, if you were to drive from South Padre, from Galveston to South Padre Island, it would be, uh, it's 417 miles, about six hours. So I can't, I, but they're both right there on the coast. It makes logical sense to me that 
that either one would be far enough away or, or close enough to the ocean to push their irradiated air back towards the the place where where we are. It is not logical that the Strand made it from wherever they were around Galveston to South Padre Island to set up his thing in their escape from the nuclear blast at the end of last season. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Strand is is way too close, and Strand's little bubble of magic radiation freeland doesn't make a lick of sense but i did like how they actually try and make these characters more than just standard crazy antagonists of the moment we see we've seen that before on the show they actually give them a minute to sit there and and they're like we're just trying to survive and yes we're clearly a little crazy because we think the child is ours and all these things and and but i mean there there's they're not cookie cutter characters which we can get on this show on the walking dead shows all the time so i was actually fairly pleasantly surprised that these characters had slight more definitely had more depth than i was expecting them to have Mm -hmm. and and were more interesting as sort of antagonists because really they're not they're just sort of in the way at the moment (laughs) right terribly inconvenient yeah they're very inconvenient and that's you know, it's probably a good metaphor for the entire show, really. Right. Just in the way at the time, right now, and terribly inconvenient. We're trying to be entertained, and then there's this show that we have to do. <laughs> I could be watching the rest of 1984's Dune, which is awful. It's just awful. But the production design is so interesting. Yeah, it's a cool-looking film. It really is. But if you if you shut your eyes and listen to it, you're listening to The Phantom Menace, really. You know what? It's all I, political there's, fucking intrigue. There's movie. less racism in Dune than there is in Phantom Menace. <laughs> you know what I want to watch together as a as a podcast situation? What? Maximum Overdrive. Oh, that would be. Oh, we should do a retro one. We could do that once in a while, like we a flashback. There you go. Night of the Comet. That's oh, a great. No, that's a great movie. Maximum Overdrive is horrible by all standards, and should be discussed. Now, the, so, the, the soundtrack saves the shit out of that movie. We can watch things that are good, too, Dustin. It's allowed. I know Ooh, it feels yeah, like as you're true. As your children get older, you might actually end up with a little more time. Because the reason we don't do this three times a week is because you have the most life of, of the three of us. Oh, that's just so sad. Does that make you as sad? Does that make you as sad as it just made me i'm living in a shangri-la over here i weep um there's no way i, I weep a sad. lot i i also drink heavily so that's how i get through it is alcoholism but, <laughs> <laughs> so but, you know just work out a way where we can do this a couple times a couple times a week one day a month right <laughs> anyway so uh so they get everybody gets all ready to go, and then all of a sudden another vehicle shows up, and we're like, "Oh no!" And Morgan says, "Stop or I'll shoot!" And they don't stop, so he shoots and kills one like one of them, and then uh, the other one drives away. Okay, I don't think there's more than one person because the other one drives away. The car. We don't see a body after that car leaves. There's no body lying on the ground when the car drives away. That's the same person. 
Oh, you think it's the same person? It's the same person. They just got they they got shot. They fell down, but they well, were not dead. Wait, wait a minute. What if it's like what if it's like in Call of Duty when you turn around after you shoot a Nazi, you turn around and then you turn back around. That Nazi is gone. We don't assume that Nazi got up. It's just that the computer had no more use for it and it disappeared. Because it's revealed at the end of the episode that the person who we saw is the twin brother of the bounty hunter who Virginia hired to kill Morgan back when Virginia was supposed to be a threat. Morgan was like, I'm not having this and sent the (laughs) bounty hunter's head back to Virginia in a box. Well, turns out because this is the kind of show we're living in now that the bounty hunter had a twin brother who has come for revenge. And the dog goes with the bounty hunter. I'm very disappointed in that dog. Did we just find the first bad boy in all of media? Bad boy. (laughs) No. (laughs) But not all uh, dogs go to heaven, especially traitors traitor dogs that's right but we we're not we're not there yet we, this has not been revealed this is real this is very end of the episode we are still in town oh, no, cares zombies attack there's a quick fight scene with the zombies uh there's zombies outside and then there's zombies trying to get inside and uh and grace and the dad the, the irradiated father is inside and and morgan and the irradiated mother are outside and uh, baby Mo is with Grace and, and irradiated dad. And she's like freaking the fuck out because, you know, she's been exposed to dangerous levels of radiation and uh, she hasn't eaten in days. And uh, she's, you know, just a fucking baby. And that's when uh, we discover that, that the suitcase that the irradiated couple was going to bring, it moves. Oh, yeah, yeah. It moves on its own. I was Uh, really surprised that it was a stealth zombie because this show, The Walking Dead Universe, has stealth zombies, as you recall. These are the zombies who appear out of nowhere who have been completely dead silent until they're, like, right behind you so they can make their noise. This stealth zombie baby has been quiet up till now. When it was most dramatic, the most dramatic possible moment to reveal their undead little baby self. And it turns out that uh, the baby was still alive for a long, long time, uh, but the radiation started to get to it and she got sick and started crying a lot. And the dad couldn't handle it anymore. And so he mercy killed her and got them a walker. And then it was like, the, well, I guess we're crazy, irradiated hill folk now with a zombie baby. So uh, they leave. These are the rules. This is, this, is, this is what happens. These are the rules you have to play along. Well, he used to, at best, that dude was a clerk at a T-Mobile store <laughs> in, in his previous life. That's the best he could have got. So they leaned real hard into it, like, we're crazy. Our baby's in a suitcase. Morgan kills the baby, and then he somehow gets through the dumbest application of uh, of a little rascal's technology, which is cans on strings, which don't work that way because you need the vibration of the string. And when it's interrupted by anything, it stops working. But I digress because both of you look at me like I'm crazy for knowing that. No, no, uh, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed by the fact that in all of 
the things this show gets wrong about everything you actually brought another thing to the table i (laughs) I suspected this was the case but but quite frankly it's been so long since i thought about the canon of string thing that i honestly wasn't sure if it would work or not that they say it earlier in the episode this is how the people in the town communicated with each other because they were living as survivors in this town and they would communicate with each other through a series of cans on strings well i know but I wasn't sure if this was a thing that could actually work or not. Well, it can. Here's how it, but, but here's how it works. If you ever watched Mr. Wizard or Bill Nye the Science Guy, the tautness, the string has to be taut. And it has to go from one can tautly all the way to the other can with no interruption. Uh, because it can't be like string, nailing it to a wall to go around a corner. Right. Right. Or like Morgan climbs up on a car and there's a whole mess of string and they're all tangled together. And he like grabs one and is like, Grace, can you hear me? And then she's like, yes, Morgan, I can hear you from the string. And it's like a perfect, like, you have to have that shit so tight for it to work. Like even a little bit. That's why it was like, you know, famously children used it like neighbors in the suburbs back in the 50s used it to communicate with each other. Across yeah. across the you know fourteen feet between their bedroom, not over the cold town. So anyway, he gets to a chance. He warns her that Dad mercy kills babies, and she gets there just in time to shoot him right in the fucking head and splatter uh, irradiated blood all over little Mo. But it's okay because they've been out of their masks and ponchos for like the last 35 minutes and we haven't heard that guy counter go off one time so- it should not have shut off for the entire episode right and at this point at this point we all three were like i guess we don't i guess i guess radiation only matters when it needs to matter yep it makes me so damn mad that they try to use radiation as a device when it's convenient and they completely ignore it the rest of the time because i'll tell you what i looked it up and there's two types of radiation there's non-ionizing radiation and there's ionizing radiation now non-ionizing it's it's fairly safe it's your microwaves and your cell phone signals and that kind of shit um but the ionizing radiation gamma rays radon nuclear shit that when it comes in contact with the skin it you know causes cell damage that's what it does and that's Everybody what was happening to them. And over if it's, if it's intense over a short period of time, then it can cause a lot of burns like that. But if it's more long-term and at lower levels, then really you just puke and shit all the time. And then uh, you get cancer or pulmonary heart disease. And then you die. But to look like those guys, that's not a, that's not a prolonged thing unless the radiation levels are so fucking high and they didn't measure it in rads because i would understand that instead it was like thirteen thousand percent of what if it was just 100 percent, would that is that normal or zero percent normal i i I, it's it's a fancy big number 70 rads that's lethal right six hours yeah six hours well it's because the radiation is, is is completely even Except for when these guys got exposed, because they asked him, he goes, "What did, did were you close to the blast?" And they go, "We didn't get this from the blast. We got this from when we were 
going out and and picking directions and driving. Yeah, uh, given this, so they, got, given, they got exposed to something out on the road. So well, I'm also, giving I'm also, giving this episode two out of five. Fuck this shows. Uh, well, <laughs> and then also like like we forgot that we had an entire season of the show dedicated to the fact that gas has gone bad. The because what? those dudes mention so casually, yeah, we just pick a direction and drive until and you know until we can't drive anymore and I have to come back to look at there see if there's a way out. Like we're not supposed to notice that there was an entire season of this show of Fear the Walking Dead, the show we're watching right now, a whole season dedicated <laughs> to the idea that the gas has gone bad and we need to find a new way to get some gas. It's an outrage. A whole season, a literal entire 13 episodes of the show. The storyline was gas went bad. Gas yep. goes bad. Mm-hmm. Gas goes bad and it's not good for your engine, but it is not impossible to burn. But you can burn hairspray in an engine if you want to, honestly. But 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 Dustin, you're asking that this show has any kind of internal logic. And I think this conversation dozens of times. That's a bridge too far. I like I like that there's always one more fucking thing. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta give this show credit for that. Just You know what? Do you know I'm what watching it with. I don't know if this is this is accurate, but it feels like incredulous distrust. That's how I experience this show. You know what this show needs? It needs in the final episode of this season, Madison to come back, look at all this, and go, "What the fuck? I, I, what I, you guys years. do while I was gone? <laughs> I well, go to the store to get cigarettes two years ago. Uh, she comes back with a flamethrower and she sets it all on fire." <laughs> Because that's her way. Ugh. So Grace has an epiphany because she decides that the power of song will both soothe, soothe the troubled child and apparently cause the zombie assault to slow down because they are breaking through the windows when, when, when one minute and then she starts to sing because she has her moment of revelation and apparently zombies are soothed by song. We did not know this. I I re- I feel like the entire show could have played a completely different turn if we had known that zombies can be defeated through the power of song. Dustin, Anna and the Apocalypse. Now we finally found a fucking use for a bard. There is, I believe, a book. I can't I, I can't think of the name of it at the moment, but I think that there's a book where that's the case. Like they, it's zombie, it's zombie times, and they discover that zombies are placated. They stop when, when, or they come towards and then stop. They don't attack at the sound of music, and so the government essentially hires this rock band to go into like New York or something, and. Uh, and play a concert to gather all of the zombies together so that they can nuke them. As I recall the, the hmm. plot of the book that I uh, did not number one buy, did not number two read, and did not number two know anything about except for what I read on the back. Quite frankly, that sounds more interesting than what we're getting here. So I am on board. But it's a dramatic moment for Grace to have a revelation that perhaps she can go on another day 
and that her pain is not so great. Yes. So she basically says to well, they get they they get back to uh, the sub, and they she basically says to Morgan, you know what? I still would rather be dead. I am still all, all gung ho for for suicide, but I will wait until we can get out of this hellscape, and then we can get somewhere safe for you and the baby, and then I will commit suicide. Once we're all safe, Morgan's gonna go out looking for formula again in a couple months, and uh, and he's gonna come back in and tell Grace that he's affixed wheels to the submarine, and now they can just drive wherever they want with a nuclear powered four wheel drive, seventeen thousand ton vehicle. It's fine. <laughs> so, but they're not alone. You should pop up with a bunch of military men. Tim Harvey. I'm everywhere. And and Tim Harvey's gotten a little badass. I guess, you know, he's, you know, like the new scout enforcer guy for I thought he was just like Strand's like little inside the house buddy, but no, Tim Harvey's like running around uh having action adventures. You get the feeling that watching this guy, he was like, I'm just some little schlub who doesn't have a life, but now I'm an hero because right. it's the apocalypse and i can be a hero and i'm like oh god this guy is... so all right so they so they they kind of like uh do that that like grumble off you know we're like this is our sub nothing is nobody's sub and then like <laughs> then grace says morgan and, and tim harvey's like you're morgan name the, name the goddamn conversation again you need to go and I'll be and I'll stay. And she's right. like, no, I'm not leaving you or this child until I decide to commit suicide later. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I very much because 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 Tim Harvey tells them that Morgan or not Morgan Strand told them all about Morgan and Grace. And he's Morgan is not invited to Specifically. Strand's quinceanera. Like no, he cannot come, but Grace can come if she wants. But she can't talk to Morgan and she can't tell him what it was like. At first, Morgan's like, take the, you know, take the baby and go, Grace. And then Grace is like, no, I'm not doing it. And then Morgan's like, okay, just take the baby out of the irradiated wasteland. And then Grace is like, no, don't take the baby. We don't we like we just had a whole conversation about trying to get this baby to a safe place, but not if it means like going to a safe place. Well, but in fairness, it's Strand's safe place. And Morgan and Grace are I, I to some degree they're a little justified in their going, I don't think this is actually gonna be a safe place. It's got but it in be, charge. Right, but it should be for a baby. Strand can't, can't betray a baby. A baby's got a soft little braid. Strand can betray anything. Strand anyway. betrays himself. That's Strand's so, biggest problem, really, is that Strand, in the end, always betrays himself. So anyway, uh, Tim Harvey and his guys get out of there. Who is less and less Tim Harvey since the only time that he even looked remotely like me was because that he dressed like me in the first episode we saw him. He has not dressed like that since, by the way. 
Not since Strand said everybody needs to wear a uniform from a different era. <laughs> so they leave and uh and Morgan and Grace are like, oh no, they took all the food. We certainly shall die now. And and then little Mo is like crawling around. Earlier in the episode, they say that Mo is too too little for, for uh solid food. Fuck that. That little baby is is like she it's should be walking. Sake. Yeah. And and so like she starts crawling and everybody's like, oh no, the baby's crawling. And it's like that baby been crawling. Uh, and, but she knocks like one of the rubber pads away and they see that there's like an extra storage room and underneath is all the food that we talked about earlier. Right. So they're fine for months. We're going to be fat for months, Morgan. It's a miracle. Now we're going to die slowly of radiation poisoning and not hunger. Yay. Take that over getting hungry because all they're going to do is maybe get Every once in a while, they'll throw up and and maybe have some diarrhea, and then eventually they might get cancer or or uh, pulmonary disease. That's like worst case scenario for them. I think we're past the might. These yeah. folks well, have all been cooked so well. Everyone on this show is dying of radiation poisoning. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's there's one fucking there was like a TV show where they shot part of it at Ground Zero. Uh, this was years and years ago. They shot a scene at, where they where they set off the nuclear uh, test, right? In the desert. Mm-hmm. They shot a scene there. And then, like, that entire cast and crew all got cancer later. Oh, yeah. This stuff lasts for a while. They're, they're, they're the counting. The half-life of uranium is more than a few minutes. They're counting on the fact that most people don't do what we do. Which is sad, really, because we're not making a huge amount of effort in our research process here. No, virtually none, you know. This is just, we actually have paid attention in, I don't know, physics and history classes and have seen some other shows that about pretty much That pretty much using the way we understood things that were talked to us instead of like verifying, that's pretty much we're contributing to the idiocracy that's currently happening. We're, we're, it's, it's on us now. We're giving people bullshit information. I, uh, the sad thing is, is that our bullshit, bullshit information. information is far more reliable than this show's bullshit information. That's true. Well, good news is nobody's getting a cold. Ain't nobody getting a cold. I would love, I would love it if, like, Walking Dead, the, the flagship show, did a, a coronavirus story. It was like, oh no! Well, I guess they did at the prison. They did. They, you know. She did. She killed a bunch of people. She, you got the sniffles, and Carol shot you in the face. You know, this show actually had a hope spot moment. They could have ended the entire series on. Bearded. There's a moment here in this show where Grace and Morgan have this kind of we understand each other moment in the car, and they're driving through the darkness, and the the headlights are cutting through the through the night. And they're kind of content for a second. It's right before they go back to the sub. And you watch the car essentially drive off into the distance. And I'm like, you could have ended the entire show right there. It's an actual hope spot. These two have come to realize that that maybe they're just trying too hard and that they should just try and have a moment of happiness. And they're both alive and they've got the baby and the car is driving and no one's attacking them. And if they had just stopped the entire Fear the Walking Dead show. 
right the whole, there the, the whole like that should have been the series finale i'd be right fine there. i'd be fine with him doing it mid-sentence like morgan's going and the secret to the zombies is don't stop believing <laughs> so that's it that's what happened yep that's, that's nobody's particularly happy about it no <laughs> although we did see the preview it looks like it looks like next week June has to fight off John Dory Jr. Senior uh, as he has some sort of mental health episode, which you know should be fun. Great! Oh. All 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 we can hope for is to be entertained. I would love it if they're like <laughs> he's like I'm also crazy. Did I forget to mention I was crazy before we went into this bunker together? Turns out I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't surprise me. All right. Well, folks, if you enjoyed this particular post-apocalyptic zombie wasteland baby episode, let us know. You can find us all over the place. You can leave us a rating. You can leave us a comment. Ratings do help people find the show. Um, so if you enjoy hearing us complain about the Walking Dead universe, give us a good rating. Four stars, five stars, and a pony. Call the call to action. That's right. Assholes. But, uh, you want to hear me do some baby talk? No. Wah, wah. That's what you sound like. Why? Because I'm irritated with the people. No, no, no. That's just how I talk to babies. Oh, that's how you talk to babies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shit, you're annoying. Wah. How do you like it? What are your fight. teeth coming in? I will little fight you, baby. Old... <laughs> I will fight you. I'm like the that that one ghost hunter series with the guys that are really aggressive to the ghosts. I will fight you, ghost. Yeah. Anyway, that's my that's my baby talk. Uh, uh, good night. This has been Curtis's baby talk. <laughs> All right, folks. We appreciate you listening, and we will do this again because we we're do. sadists. Because we're masochists. <laughs> but it is. Look forward to it. Well, we're masochists to ourselves and we're sadists to you, dear listener. All right. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. And again, folks, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Listen to me, you assholes. I know there's at least least tens of you listening to this show. I know it because sometimes Tim talks about algorithms and and, and listen counts and stuff like Point that. Point is, we know and you're there. We know you're there. We can hear you breathing. Just fine. I'm at the Night Dusto, and he's Creepy Curtis on Twitter. Find us. Creepy, under, creepy underscore Curtis. My address is box 745 Dighton, Kansas, 67839. I live Send in him box. pictures of your coochie. Just talk to us. We know you're out there. Do it! I am done with that. I would take a picture of someone's coochie. That would be fine. If you have to do it. Don't send that to me. I don't want pictures of your coochie either. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.